Hey, it's great to be here this morning with you on Father's Day. I've been a father for 36 years. It's just, it just makes me old, doesn't make me smart. And uh, I've got three wonderful children. Rebecca, you know well. She was singing up on stage this morning. And uh, my second daughter, Rachel's here with us today. And my son, Josh, who's well known to many of you, is still in the UK. And he's resisting all endeavours to come with making to get him back here. I understand there's been job offers made. There's been all kinds of things, all kinds of inducements to try and get him back to Australia, but it hasn't worked. Also got two wonderful grandchildren, my cute skis. You all know that grandchildren is God's reward for not killing your kids when they were teenagers, right? (laughs) And that is true. That is true. Imagine, just imagine for, for a moment, if when kids were born, the first stage of their life was teenagers. You wouldn't do it. You seriously wouldn't do it. God knows what he's doing. Amen? Today we want to we wanna honour fathers. I've got, a, I've got a Father's Day kind of PowerPoint thing. Is that going to happen? There it is. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb is his generous legacy. Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents when your quibbers are full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep, so the psalmist says. Terry, when you see your daughter up here leading the service so well, isn't that true? Happy are you when your quivers are full of them. We were blessed last week to be here when Joel was up preaching. And it was like, yay, come on, Joel. I've known you since you were just round all over. Just... <laughs> he was just little and round. You remember that, don't you, Luke? <laughs> but to see... To see... Uh, to see... Okay, come on. You guys had your time up here. It's my time now. (laughs) Abby said, Dada, when are you going up on stage? Soon, darling, soon. I'll be up there soon. Okay, fathers. I had some father jokes, but we couldn't quite get them to work on the thing. But I'm going to tell you one. You you heard about the new movie, Constipation? Yeah, it hasn't come out yet. Okay, that, there was about five, five dad jokes on the video and that's probably the best one. That was a highlight of the reel and some of them were really bad. You know, fathers is probably the only thing. You know, we've, we've heard Jess honour fathers today and, you know, we're created in God's image and we're made as fathers to represent God to our children. Like, you know... We are our, our kids' first concept of God. And, and, and we know today that sometimes we've not always done that well. And we've not always truly represented what our Heavenly Father is like to our kids. And I know I've had my days, you know, when, when if it was on that day that my kids got a snapshot of God, they would not follow him. So we've all been there. But... Also, not only that, not only are we a representative of God, you think about it, dads are our daughter's first love. I remember when Rebecca was about two, she said, 
Now, this is kind of an apology to our other daughter, Rachel, but the thing is that the second daughter never has any funny stories because the first child's always talking for them. (laughs) Have you noticed that? You you remember all the funny things your first child said and not what the second child said because the first child was still talking and still saying all this. This is what she wants to say. Oh, really? And so she said, Daddy, when I grow up, I'm going to marry you and I'm going to sit in the front and mummy's going to sit in the back. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? So we, we are our daughter's first love and we're our son's first hero. But the incredible thing is there's no, like, there's no cert for on fatherhood. Have you noticed? You know, there's no uh, competency kind of issues that we've got to fill out, you know, uh, can make a cup of tea tick, can, can do a good talk to a, a bad child tick. You know, there's none of those competencies. We, we just arrive at fatherhood often unprepared and, and not ready. You know, I, I was uh, 21 when I became a father and uh, initially it was exciting, like that, the hospital thing, you know, and, and the baby came out, and there was this little baby, and yay, you know. And then I saw a, I saw a, a cart go by, and there's a, a two-year-old uh, looking, standing on the cart looking at their, their newborn baby sister or, or brother. And so straight away I went into my wife, you know, and said, oh, I can't wait till we have the second one. Guys, never say that when your wife has just given birth to the first one. <laughs> it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. But... But, but I was really unprepared. We were both unprepared. We look back on it now and think, what were we doing? 20, 21, didn't know what we were doing, didn't know how to be a father or a mother, you know, got, the, got Rebecca home and, and the word that came to my mind, I'm not going to say it today because it's not a nice word, but it's, it's like bigger, but it's got a different vowel. You, you know what I mean. That's what came into my mind, bigger. Oh, Bigger. Oh, bigger me. You remember the, the, the Toyota ad some years ago with the dog? But the interesting thing about that word is that the context we use it in, as Australians and probably New Zealanders, you think about it, the context we use that word in always has to do with us falling short in some area. You know, the guy rolls his ute up because he wants to straighten his fence up. That's my favourite part. And he kind of straightens it up. And then it goes, just tips over. And the whole fence for like three miles just goes. And what he's saying was, I'm not quite good enough yet. I could could do better with this. And he said, so bigger. And so I like this, you know. There's times in my life when things have happened, especially as a father, where I've gone, oh, bigger. Well, I said the thought the other word, you know, but I'm just not going to, this is church. And, uh, you know, I might have got away with that in the Pentecostal church, but this is a Salvation Army, for goodness sake. I don't know what I can say here. (laughs) Yes. But the first thing I wanted to say to us this morning is, fathers are learners. We are constantly learning, and we arrive at it unprepared, and we've got to learn along the way. The the proverb writer Solomon says, When I was my father's son, he also taught me and said to me, Get understanding, and do not forget, get wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. 
Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. So as fathers, we need wisdom. We need to learn. We need to learn from others. We need to learn from the word. We need even to learn from our children. You know, children sometimes can teach you stuff if you can get them to talk to you. It was a bit of a problem for Jonah this morning on the screen. He didn't really want to say all these things in his heart about his dad. I gave it the office. That's what it felt like to me. You know, I gave it the office. I said it before. But when we, when we were first married, uh, we decided we were going to look around for examples of parents because we didn't know what to do. And there was this one couple in our church, Mal and Jenny Brumfield, and they had four kids and they seemed to be doing it really well. I mean, their four kids were like five, four, three, two, one, something like that. You know, I don't know. Is that up to, that, is that up to four or is that up to five? Okay, there was one missing out of there. It must have been a, an 18th month gap. But uh, we, we watched them. And I remember one time we went over to babysit their kids and uh, Anne said to the two oldest ones who, who were the only ones who could really talk pretty much at that stage, they were like five and four. And Luke's the eldest and Grant's the second eldest. And so Grant, who was also the second eldest and the naughtiest, funny about that, um, he had done something wrong and Anne said, okay, one more chance. And Luke said, Chances? Chances? We don't have chances in this house. And Grant turns to Luke, his older brother, and says, what's a chance? And so Luke says, well, a chance is when you do something and you should get it, but you don't get it, but if you do it again, you'll get it. That's a chance. And so we watch these guys parent their children. Fathers are learners. You know, we can learn from those around us if we're willing to observe. And uh, secondly, we can learn from the word, from God. God says, you know, he says to us, any of you lack wisdom? Fathers, any, any of you today in that category? Sometimes you lack wisdom. Some of, you, some of you are going, yeah, I lack wisdom. I've got to do something with my kids now. Some of us have already gone through it and it's like, yeah, boy, we lacked wisdom. The Bible says, do you lack wisdom? Ask me, I'll give it to you. Ask me, I'll give it to you. I love what Jesus said. You have not, because you ask not. And uh, dads, we should have a bumper sticker, I don't ask for help. You know, like Navman was created because men, especially dads, don't ask for directions. Is that true? Have you noticed that? Some of you, some of you don't know what asking for directions are because you've only ever had Navman in your lives. So parents, uh, fathers especially, look around at who's doing it well and see what you can glean from them. Fathers are learners. Secondly, this morning, fathers are lovers. I remember my 21st birthday party. I was standing in my my dad's garage and uh, I, I share a birthday with my sister. I've got a twin sister. And so we're standing there and, and, and I was holding this newborn baby girl. She was about, what... May, June, July, August. She's three months old and I'm holding her and uh, dad's up there as dads do on 21st birthdays waxing lyrical about how wonderful their children are. I think, I think that's what he was saying. But I was sitting there and I'm, I'm holding this child and I'm feeling this incredible love for her. And the, the thing that, 
the thing that really struck me that day, and I've remembered this all my life. This has been like a defining moment in my life. As I felt that emotion for, for my child, the thing that came to my mind is, was this. How much my mum and dad love me. See, I, I, I knew they loved me. I never questioned that they loved me. But I never really knew what it felt like to love like that. And here I was feeling it with my own child and I thought, and it just hit me and it just went deep into my heart. It just went deep into my heart. And sometimes, you know, as as Jess said this morning, sometimes we don't always have the best examples of parents and part of that's because they haven't had the opportunity or the wherewithal to ask for wisdom. But there's times when you hold your own children. Let that be a healing to you. Let that be a healing. Apart from our humanness, we'd be the same, right? We all have the, the opportunity or the, the, the propensity or the potential to mess it up. And so, so let it go and just say, you know, somewhere in there, that love was there. I know it was there. Parents, fathers are lovers. It's important, dads... You love your wife. Because I've, I've noticed something. Kids are always on their side. <laughs> Seriously, they are. I remember we were driving home. We were driving home from a wedding. And uh, we'd just been down to this lovely wedding. We married a couple down somewhere down in the country somewhere. And they had, uh, they had a song that most of you young people won't remember. Um, but some of you older folks, more mature, more experienced people like myself would remember it, it went um, something like, I will be yours, you will be mine together in eternity. And uh, it was a popular song back in that day and the, the, the girl either sang it or had it sang and you know, it was one of those touching moments. And We're driving back and Anne says, you know, I, I love that song. I said, yeah, it's a nice song. She said... I'd really love that song at my funeral. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, come on, what are you talking about? Your no, I'm serious. I'd really love that song. And it went on. Like It was a long trip. It was about eight hours from wherever we were coming. And it just went on and on and on and on and on. And so in the end, I said, okay, we'll sing that song right after Ding Dong the Witch is Dead. And, um, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Rebecca thought was, Joshua did not think that was funny at all. He was really ticked with that one. So, you know, kids always take the mother's side. So love your mothers. Okay, love your, love your wives, dads, because it's good for them. It's good for them. Sons see how to treat a woman by the way you do it. You know, some, for some of us, oh, we could have done better. For some of you out there, you're still in the middle of it. So hear me. Be a lover. Love your wife. Love your kids. You know, fathers, love your, love your kids. Love your sons. Especially love your sons. Love your daughters. Show them affection. Show them genuine, godly affection. Pure affection. It will set them up for life. You know, the, the, the ones that struggle in life, sometimes it can track back. To that point, my dad never showed me affection, 
as a, as a, as a man or as a, a, a child, boy or girl. Um, lastly, fathers are leaders. And this is the point I really wanted to get to. We heard it a little bit today about the weight that's on our shoulders as, as, as dads. And so uh, there's three areas I want to talk about very briefly this morning. And I forgot to check my watch. What time do I need to finish? I've only been going, what, five minutes? Okay, excellent. Um, th- these three areas, I believe, are, are absolutely crucial as dads. And the first one is faith. Dads... Be the family leader in faith. Now, I'm not talking about religion, okay? I'm not talking about, you know, rules. I'm talking about relationship with Jesus. Uh, that, that real relationship with Jesus that sometimes makes it and sometimes doesn't. You know, if, if I could say real faith, you know, real kind of faith that's not put on. The kind of faith that you, your kids come away going, Dad's not perfect, but he loves God. You know, that kind of faith. And, and you know, they will work out that you're not perfect. I remember, I remember the first time that I realised my dad wasn't perfect. And it was kind of strange because I was, I was about 17. And, you know, you'd think I, I wasn't very bright, you know. Um, <laughs> Usually they pick up on it earlier, but, you know, what can I say? There were six of us in the family, you know. This is, I could never work out who was her. But I remember I was getting my car registered and, uh, and, I, and I bumped into my dad. And this is probably the deal. I, I bumped into him outside of the family context. He was in his work truck and I'd seen him down the, the corner of the, the street. I'd just come back from the guy who was, who was supposed to register my car and didn't. And... Uh, and, and my dad swore, and I'd never heard him, and I got heard my dad swear, he'd said, you know, bigger, and some of the other kind of fringe words. But he said one of the really bad ones. You know, and it's like, I was, I was gobsmacked. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't show it on the outside, but it was like, oh, whoa. My dad doesn't talk like that, but he did. The thing is that our kids will work out we're human along the way. We, we can only con them for so long, you know. And, and the brighter ones will pick up sooner than we, we thought. But here's the thing. If we show them real faith, you know, we, we were in the prayer meeting this morning and I, this, this thought came to me. It was an old song that uh, I'd, I'd heard from, from forever, ever ago, a worship song. But there was like a refrain that ran through, the, like a bridge. It was back in the days when songs weren't structured and didn't come out on LPs. They just, they just were songs that were songs that usually appeared in the middle of church, spontaneous. But in this particular kind of bridge section that went over and over and over, it was talking about Jesus. And it said, would you walk into the room tonight? Would you walk into the room tonight and then everything, everything, everything's going to be all right. And you know, if we can teach our kids to walk with Jesus and know that when we walk with him, everything's going to be okay. We might not know what, you know, because I've been to Bible college, you know, I had to do that to become a pastor. And you know what? I know what all the stones on Aaron's breastplate mean. 
And, and you know, in the temple, the curtains, seriously, they had pomegranates on them. I don't know what that represents. <laughs> but I've got to say, in like 25 years of being a pastor, I've never had a situation once where that knowledge has been helpful to me. <laughs> I've never been in a counselling session and, you know, that verse about the pomegranates, has, it's come to my mind and it's, it's broken through. <laughs> Not once. So, you, you understand what I'm saying, don't you? There's some things about being a Christian that are important. And to me, the biggest one is to know Jesus and to make him known. You know, lead your kids into, into, the, into mistakes and seeing Jesus fix them. Because that'll be the best thing they can carry through their life. Because if they know... See, there's a verse that's helped me, and I, I probably needed more help than most. It says, um, and God, God is able to work all things together for good, for those who love him, and are called according to his purpose. That verse has saved me from a mental breakdown many, many times because there's been times when I've messed up really badly and, and that verse has helped me. You know, God's been able to fix that. So if we can teach our children that, to know Jesus and to walk with him and understand if we can carry Jesus into our life, he's able to make it good. That'll help your kids. Secondly, so faith, important. Secondly, freedom. I once heard somebody say, as for pastors, pastors, the best gift that you can give your church is a whole person. As leaders, the best gift that we can give our church is to be a whole person. And as dads, the best gift that we can give our kids is to be a whole person. What do I mean by that? I mean by we're not, we're not dominated by the fractures of life. You know what I mean, don't you? There's the, unfortunately, there's some things that happen into our life. You know, I, I always reckon that, that Jesus wrote the song, I beg your pardon, I didn't promise you a rose garden. I, I reckon that was what, like the first chorus that, that he introduced. Because how many of you notice, especially those of us who have been on life's journey for a while, and, and seriously, for some of us who have only been on a short walk, you find out it's true. Sometimes life is not fair. Right? There's, there's some times when things happen in our life that shouldn't happen. You know, we, uh, we spent eight years working in an orphanage. 75% of the girls that come into the orphanage have been abused by a family member, either a father, a stepfather, a grandfather, an uncle, or some kind of cousin. And, and most often, more than once. 75%. 75%. There's things that shouldn't happen to us, but they do happen to us. But if we can get into freedom... You know, if we can, if, if you're sitting here today and you, you've got some young children, or perhaps you haven't got any children yet, can I encourage you that Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. 
And, and my other favorite scripture is 2 Corinthians 3, and I think it's about 17 or 18. It says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. And as we worship him, we are transformed into the same likeness by the spirit. You know, let God fix you. Let God fix you. So that you don't transfer. See, we, we rarely transfer our brokenness. We just transfer the results of it. So lead your family into freedom. You don't have to be perfect. And if you, if you come away with nothing from this, fathers come away with this. There is only one perfect father. And, and Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our father who is in heaven. And I love that. I love that, Jess, because... I know that when I pray to God, I'm praying to someone who's a perfect father, who, who only has my best interests at heart. Come on. So, so none of us are perfect, but we can move into freedom and lead our families into freedom. See, I'd much rather lead my children into the miraculous than, than provide them with everything. You say, I'd rather equip them with the ability to believe God and pray when things are tough than give them everything they need and leave them destitute when they get into their adult life. I remember there's a, a pastor named, um, uh, named something, Graham Cook. <laughs> there's a pastor named Graham Cook. And for a season, he, he went out of a very profitable business. God told him to go and live by faith for 18 months. And when I say live by faith, it wasn't like, Sandling. You know. It was, it was like every day, if it didn't come in the mail or didn't come by a miracle, they didn't get it. And he said, we would, we would have this game where we'd sit around and there were times when they would sit around the meal table and like he'd say to his son, uh, mate, go and set the table for dinner. And, and the boy would say, what for, Dad? There's no food. Well, God's always provided for a son and he'll provide tonight. So go and set the table for dinner. Um, what would you like? And we said, well, I'd like a casserole and I'd like some. And he said his favourite cereal for breakfast. And he said, okay, let's believe God for that. And so they, they set the table. Dinner's at 5.30. They're sitting down, sitting down, and there's nothing on the table. And there's a knock at the door. It's their neighbour. The neighbour says, oh, look, my brother's just come into town. He, he, he lives way across the other side of the country and he wants to take us all out for dinner. And my wife cooked up this really big casserole, but we can't use it. He, he, he's insisting to take us out to a restaurant. Can you guys use this casserole? And, you know, he said it was like a cartoon moment. His children's eyes were out on stalks, you know, <laughs> as this, this hot steaming casserole came and was there, you know, just put on the table. And uh, there was another time when, when someone delivered like a box of groceries and there in the box was the kid's favourite cereal. See, lead your kids into believing God. Faith. Lead them into freedom. And lastly, and, and I love my dad for this. My dad had many failings. But my dad was an integrous man. And this, this year marks the 17th 
year that we have not got to say Happy Father's Day to him because he was taken way too young. But my dad was an integrous man, often to his own hurt. And, uh, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful that he taught me what was right and what was wrong. He taught me the ability to say, no, I can't do that. It's not right. Now, sometimes it gets us into trouble. And we've tried to teach our kids that. And sometimes it comes out like rules, you know. And you've got to be careful with that. Our, our son, Josh, when he was little, was a very rules, kind of took after his dad, really, was very rules orientated you know and one day there was the teacher said uh it's time to pack up the pencils everybody's got the pencils on the desk this is in kindergarten and there was one girl that kept coloring in so josh leaned across the table smacked the table as hard as he could great big sound and said the teacher said pack up the pencil scared the daylights out of the child the teacher had a cartoon moment because her eyes were sticking out. I can't remember. Who was his first class teacher? Mrs. Birchall. Yeah, she was. She. Then there was the other time that first, year, first class girl hurt his friend. Uh, he was a justice boy. And, and you know Josh, he was only short. He's grown a bit, but like in kindergarten, he was the smallest kid in, in the class. And Josh decided that he would meet justice out on this, this girl because of integrity. He put his hands around her throat. <laughs> and she was quite tall. So he was off the ground. Holding onto her throat. And uh, so we had to work on that. But <laughs> So... <laughs> Teach your kids faith first and to love Jesus and Jesus will fix it before you get into integrity, okay? Because otherwise it could mess up. But, but it's important. Teach, lead your family in integrity. Show them. When you fill out your tax return, lead your family in integrity. When you're paying your bills, lead your family in integrity. When you're treating your neighbours the way you treat them, lead your family in in integrity because your kids will follow what you do. And I've got one more thing I want to say and I'm going to be, I'm going to be done. You've heard me talk a lot today about my own inadequacies as a dad. I don't hide them. I, uh, the only thing that makes me free to say them is because I know I'm talking to an audience that knows exactly what I mean. Amen? Because we've, we've all messed up. And, and even some of you today, like some of you younger ones may be thinking, man, this is really a heavy deal. I don't want to become a parent, you know. And, uh, you know, I'd just like to say to you, those of you who are still married and still haven't produced any children yet, remember your grandparents. They won't be alive forever and they're waiting, okay? <laughs> so just, just, just as a one grandparent to, to grandchildren, they're waiting for you. But uh, if we can go to the next slide, then I'm done. I love this scripture. Paul says, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as if it were coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. You know, it's really easy to feel inadequate as a father. You know, it's really easy to feel like, especially on days like this when some, some guy's standing up telling you, you've got to be a learner, you've got to be a leader, you've got to be a lover. And, uh, and you're thinking, jeez, I didn't sign up for this. Oh, bigger. 
But here's, here's the good part. Here's the good news for you today. God promises to be your adequacy. He promises to come and clothe you with himself, the father of all fathers. He promises to come and speak into your heart if you open it up to listen, to lead you. The Bible says there's a, there's a way that's right for you to go. You, you will hear it behind you. Don't walk this way or walk that way. If you listen, God will make you competent. That's another translation says our competency is not from God, uh, not from ourselves, but it comes from God. Or our sufficiency, another translation says. You might be thinking, hey, I'm not up for this. I'm not big enough for this. Oh, bigger. I need to be bigger. And, and you know, I hope that comes to you. Not, not the other one with a different vow. The, the way we've looked at it this morning. I hope it comes to you from time to time and you think, God, the one who can make me bigger. Come and make me bigger today. These kids have become teenagers now and they're really giving it to me. And God, I need to be bigger or I need to live somewhere else or, or something. <laughs> we, uh, the orphanage we went out, and I'm going to close with this, the orphanage we went to had been around for about 12 years. And so all the kids that came as one, two, three, four, five-year-olds were now 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, up to 20-year-olds. So 60% of the kids were teenagers. And I thought, I I just felt sorry for the guys that were leading that young pastor and his wife. They had three little kids. I think the eldest was 10. They didn't know what a teenager was. I I didn't want to tell them. (laughs) But they had 53 teenagers or older. And you know, God doesn't even give you that many all at once. He usually gives them to you one at a time. Two if he thinks you're clever. Three if he thinks you're stupid and you won't notice. (laughs) But we can get through every stage of our fatherhood because of the father that we serve. Amen. Can we stand today? Let's honour him. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can stand today and call you Father. We are so grateful that no matter what kind of presentation we've had as children growing up of what fatherhood is, that you have laid down in your word what it really looks like. And that we can, we can go from, from where we are to what you've said and find the truth. And Father, I pray this morning for, for everyone that's, that's struggling, especially dads who are struggling because maybe their dad wasn't the best example at all times. And we know what that's like because there's days when we're not the best example. Father, I pray that they would be able to lean into you. They would be able to capture that still small voice that speaks to their heart. God, I pray that if there's any here today that have issues that they need to be free from in order to be better fathers, to be better parents, 
God, I ask that they would be able to lean into you and they would hear the truth and the truth would make them free. God, I, I, I pray that whatever it is that they carry today, that according to your word, they'd come and lay those burdens down at your feet, Jesus. They'd be able to roll off those cares onto you and let you fill them with your wisdom, with your love. God, if they, if they lack knowing the right thing to do, that God, you'd come and supernaturally by your spirit impart wisdom into them as they ask you. God, if they don't know what love it really looks like, that, that you would come and love on them by your spirit as they ask you to do it. God, if they feel like they haven't got the strength to walk as fathers or parents, God, today they would say, we are not competent in ourselves to do this. Our adequacy doesn't come from ourselves. God, we are looking to you to make us adequate. And you promise that we are able to do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. And Father, we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen.